This is EdTech Now, a 10-minute podcast about education technology and how it's used in the classroom. EdTech Now is sponsored by StackUp, a Chrome browser extension that tracks reading online for teachers and students and delivers metrics to administrators. Here's our host, Noah Geisel, Education Director at StackUp. Thanks, Lee. Great to be here with you today. And, and our guest today is Valerie Lewis. She's a teacherpreneur, technology fanatic, forever learner, and disruptor of normalcy within education. Valerie, welcome to the podcast, and thanks for having probably the best bio of anybody we've had on. Thanks for having me, Lee and Noah. Now, you're known for creating innovative approaches to education. When we were last talking on the show, you were working on Pass the Scope EDU, which is a Periscope channel for teachers. And Ed Obstacles, an immersive learning adventure using obstacle courses. What has you excited that you're working on right now? Well, now we're kind of working on some things dealing with students in the fine arts. Uh, This year I've been appointed as Fine Arts Academy Lead at our school in Gwinnett County. And so now what we want to do is go beyond the classroom and extend opportunities for students to have uh, real, authentic opportunities with actors, screenwriters, costume designers, music engineers for major uh, cable and television network to give them that um, that pathway, that extension that we know schools aren't capable of doing within a 50-minute period or block or financial situations may restrict them from doing. So now we are bringing those opportunities to kids at the school, after school, with the parent buy-in. Is that is the focus there predominantly performance or predominantly written stuff or scripting, in other words, or a bit of both? It's going to be a combination of both. So you're going to have some things where students are going to be learning the applications of the skills that are necessary to acquire jobs in that industry. Um, But then at the same time, you're going to have the buy-in of teachers that can cover and assess and help us align the program to the standards in which they need to cover during the day. So you'll see a combination of performance-based assessments. You're going to see student creation projects. But ultimately, the end goal is that students come out of this program with certain certifications that at 18 and 19 will prepare them for at minimal a $50,000 entry-level job before entering college. That sounds amazing. We'll definitely have to keep track of that and get back in touch with you to see how it's going later on on a future episode. For this season of EdTech Now, we're focusing on digital texts and reading. So in your view, what's the best way for educators to select appropriate online assignments? Well, I think when it comes to assign, uh, you know, selecting those assignments and things, we're going to need to take a look at the source. And with those credible sources, you're going to need to be able to look at where they're coming from, who's writing it, the expert behind that. Is this person knowledgeable? Is this person just putting together something because it's trendy, it's patchy? Um, You need to be able to know that Wikipedia and the first thing that comes up on Google is not always going to be reliable. And then obviously, is there research base behind it? And so if you look at those components, I think you'll be able to make a really good decision on what works. Yeah, you kind of answered the the next question, which was, you were talking about credibility. The question was, 
How can educators help students with fact-checking? So is really the answer to that, go to the source or learn about sources? Yeah, you need to learn about sources. So there's several different ways where we learn about first-hand accounts, second-hand accounts. I like to teach students when doing research that they need to be able to look at, as I mentioned before, the source from which it's coming from. Um, we know that databases are going to be some places where you may find scholarly articles or things that are peer-reviewed or going to come from people that have some skin in the game, so to speak. Um, I think a lot of times when you're trying to check the facts, our students are, you know, they don't know how to discern that firsthand information from he say, she say uh, type of information, and they're wanting to look at whatever pops up first on their screen and use it as fact. I think databases are going to be a really, really good place to help students understand this is the reason why we may go to maybe an ABC Clio or a Mac and Via and not just, okay, let me type in some keywords, pull up the first thing, or Wikipedia, because we know Wikipedia could be written by the boy next door. Right. That's so true. Something you said that's so interesting to me. Skin in the game, skin in the game is a very interesting concept to think about with this, because if the person putting that information up online has skin in the game, well, that could be a positive or a negative. You know, they could be biased or they could be, their interest could be in not being biased, right? That's kind of, it's skin in the game is a good thing to think about. With so many students and even families using Facebook as a primary news uh, source, how do you think Facebook is working as a news delivery system? And what are you telling students about Facebook if they're using it for any kind of research? So with Facebook, it does get tricky because you do have some people that are on Facebook that are really putting great content out there. So I think once these students are having multiple opportunities to practice research, they kind of start to learn to look for those things. So one thing that you mentioned there is teaching them how to look at author's point of view, perspective, how to, you know, use your discernment to identify negative bias. You know, maybe it's positive bias, maybe it's just neutral, maybe that person has no opinion either way, and they're not trying to sway you one way or another. Um, That practice and continued practice of rhetorical appeals and are they trying to persuade me to do something or think one way so facebook can be tricky because we know you've got a lot of news sources and sites on facebook that put their content out there and they pay for their content to be advertised and it's not credible but then you do have those individuals that yes that information that they're putting out there you know what i can trust they're they're citing their sources they're using research they're not just citing from one source but there are multiple sources that are included so i think it is very tricky when it comes to facebook and social media and people putting content out there i don't know that there's one way to do it a lot of times we hold that one unit of research at the end of the semester, we've got that one research paper, and that's the only time a student has done research. And that's not going to be enough. The biggest thing is going to have to be repetition, multiple sources, multiple formats, giving students that opportunity to look at things with an eagle eye. How do we find balance is my question. I know you believe in tech a lot, and with Ed Obstacles, you showed that getting away from the screen is also important. But 
how do we get to balance? How do we know when the online world is working and when it's not? One idea I'd like to throw into the mix there is how instant is it? And maybe instant isn't so terrific all the time, especially when you're trying to do research. When you're trying to teach people, or yourself really, what is a credible source, instant may not be the best result, even though instant feels really good in the tech world. You're absolutely correct. And so I think it goes back to the previous question, you know, that discernment and, you know, knowing that everything that glitters isn't gold. And so everything that comes quickly isn't always the best. You know, you can't just jump at the first opportunity. Sometimes you do need to take a step back and think and reflect and weigh your pros and weigh your cons. And that all in itself is a life lesson and a life skill. Agreed. Sometimes fast is terrific, but a lot of times at research, it's not so terrific. Thinking more about these OERs or open educational resources, what are the opportunities and challenges that schools and teachers should be thinking about with OERs? Well, the opportunities that exist is that you have a bank of information that has already been filtered through for you. So these sources and things that you're pulling, it's not just that instant that someone found, that first link that popped up on Google, but these things are licensed out. You kind of know that where they're coming from, you can kind of trust those sources. The challenges that exist is now do I have the time to kind of go through those thousands and thousands of resources and be able to put together something in my lesson plan or my unit, collaborate with my team um, to be able to provide something that is of quality? So I think there are there are those pluses that I don't have to go through the World Wide Web on my own. I need to be able to go through and say, hey, I found these sources. Now I need some time that I can plan. And maybe that's where administrators support us. Maybe that's where having the team of uh, my same grade level peers that can kind of go through and maybe we can divvy that up and come together and put it together on some type of resource like a blend space. You find something, you find something, you find something. Let's dump it in blend space and let's build out a unit. And that way I'm not doing it all by myself. But I love open educational resources. Um, One site that I use uh, in particular for some of those things are Kiriki.com, C-U-R-I-K-K-I.com. And I find that that helps me a lot with the literature that I work with in the language arts piece with my high school students. When I think about the takeaway here, it's really a combination The takeaway for me from this conversation is collaboration can help, especially when you're filtering through a lot of OERs, resources that are out online. Collaboration can help. And also when encouraging students to dig into sources, sometimes you need time. Sometimes it's more about, it's not how many, but it's the quality of, quality over quantity. That's kind of what I'm getting out of it as a takeaway from this. We've all heard that saying, sometimes less is more. So to say, hey, the depth in which I've researched this particular article or two or three has given me a really well-rounded perspective that I might be able to put something out there myself, create. I think that that's going to work. And obviously, sometimes we need those outside lenses and perspectives to help us see something that perhaps we missed before. So I'm all about the collaboration piece. 
And I think that that is something to help our our students to learn as well. Look at your peers, collaborate with your peers, turn to your elbow partner, ask them what they think about this source. Is this something that they would use or maybe why wouldn't they use this to help you decide, is this something that I need to cite, that I need to use in my paper? So collaboration, definitely. Quality over quantity, absolutely. And then just know that you need to be patient with things. It's not always going to be insta-quick, insta-good, but it's going to take a little bit more depth. And sometimes that means a day or two or more. That's a great wrap-up of that, of, of all those ideas. Valerie, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Lee. I appreciate it for having me. Thank you, Noah, as well. Thanks so much for joining us on the EdTech Now podcast, Valerie. This has been the EdTech Now podcast, sponsored by StackUp, the only tool that unlocks the learning benefits of the entire web while providing the accountability educators need to measure progress and engagement. With StackUp, you can track, measure, and report online reading and learning for your entire district in less than two minutes. Go to stackup.net. I'm Lee Schneider. Thanks for listening.